0: You talk about guests this week. This is a good one. We're talking about a winner. This is Jack Del Rio, the coach of the Oakland Raiders, soon to become the Las Vegas Raiders. And we're going to talk with him about what the move's going to be like, his out-of-the-back-pocket move with this retired player that he brought out of nowhere out of the draft right after the draft. We're going to talk about his winning career, Pro Bowl, been to the Super Bowl. I'm going to even dig way back into his history and ask him about Mike Ditka and all the things that are going on and what it's like to be a coach at the level that he's doing it and how to bring back a winning culture to a losing team.
1: Main Street to Wall Street, global business celebrity and former Fortune 100 C-Suite executive Jeffrey Hazlett takes you inside the good, the bad, and the ugly of businesses today. Saddle up. It's time for All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett. Hey, Coach, first
0: question I got to ask you, what's better, coaching or playing?
2: Playing by far. It's not even, not even yeah. close, really. You know, I mean, uh, I think, I think what coaching is is the next best thing to playing. Uh, you, be, you know, you stay around the game, you stay fresh and current, and, um, and and there are challenges, and you get to compete. But there's nothing like the physical confrontations that you get when you're playing the game.
0: Yeah, it's nothing like hitting somebody and not getting arrested for that, it.
2: That's right. That's 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 <laughs> the easiest way to say it. I miss I miss going out there and being able to waylay somebody.
0: Yeah. Do you ever once in a while though do you, you pop some one of the players to say upside the head to say, Hey you listen to me?
2: No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm no, just no, curious. <laughs> no, no popping upside the head. But uh I, I probably do more patting on the butt and uh yeah. and, and, and bringing them along than than uh any any kind of beat down. It's more it's more really encouragement, motivation, uh, you know, looking to looking to inspire the guys. Yeah,
0: but every once in a while, don't you have to have that come-to-Jesus talk or that that kind of like, hey, let me shape you up kind of discussion every so often?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they get they get invited into my office on occasion, and um, it can be a little bit like going to see the principal. You know, I, I try not to—I try to have the, the office be a place where a guy can come and see me and talk at any point about anything, and— um, occasionally I need to bring them up and, uh, and and let them clearly understand what I'm looking for and yeah. why. And, uh, yeah, I'm not afraid to do that, for sure. Yeah,
0: know, I call those conditions of satisfaction. I mean, in business, I don't think there's there's only been one or two times where I've had somebody and called them up, you know, as a CEO, as a chief marketing officer, where I've called them in my office and said to them, and then they were totally, you know, said something to them about, like, this is your come-to-Jesus moment, and where they were totally surprised. Most people know it's coming.
2: I think you're right. I think most do and and most appreciate uh if there's anything they're not aware of, I think when you make someone aware of this is what I'm looking for and there's that clarity. I think I think guys appreciate that. I think I think professionals appreciate that. You know, let me know exactly what you're looking for. If there's any gray areas as a leader, clear up that gray, that gray area so that I know exactly what is expected of me. I think at that, at that point, I then, you know, the onus is on me. Now it's mm-hmm. up to me to perform. So
0: I'm going to go way back in your career. Um, this is digging out of the archives. You, you chose football over baseball, but, man, I used to play football nowhere near the level that you did by any means or shape or form. But I was a fairly decent baseball player. I mean, you had a batting edge like 340.
2: Well, I tell you what, you know, I, I actually, I was drafted out of high school, by the Toronto Blue Jays, yeah, Blue and, Jays yeah. uh, and they knew I was going. Uh, they knew I was going to to play uh, at at Southern Cal, but they they took a shot at it and uh, tried to tried to convince me otherwise. And you know, I didn't want to give it. I didn't want to give it up. I really wanted to play all three. Still, I loved all three sports: football, basketball, and baseball. And mm-hmm. um, and so you know, I thought if I were to take the Blue Jay offer. Uh, one i would not get a great education which which i went on to graduate two i'd have to give up football and basketball and i wasn't ready to do that so i chose i chose southern cal the opportunity to go down and play with john robinson and and rod dato and uh and work on my degree and all that so yeah no i'm i'm uh i'm very very happy with that decision not to eliminate one at that point and then uh, once once it came to my senior year in college, I had to make a choice. And yeah. uh, it was play for the U.S. Olympics baseball team or get ready for, you know, my NFL career. And well, you, uh, Would that have been the L.A. Olympics? That was. Yeah. yeah. Rod Data Rod was a coach. That was his lifelong dream. He, he always wanted to bring the Olympics to base uh, baseball to the Olympics, and uh, Rod Data was a coach, and he was my coach at Southern Cal, and I had that opportunity, and and, and passed on it, and uh, mm-hmm. and I that was that was when I truly made the choice. Okay, I, I I love the intensity of football, I love the physicality of football, and I am picking football, you know, right here.
0: Yeah, that, that was. And by the way, the '84 Olympics for those who are too young to understand, that was a turning point. I think for for us's participation in the olympics in the modern day olympics uh, peter uberoff led that Turned it around it was a really peter's a great guy and a great leader um so let me ask you a question because you also played with uh on the team with like randy johnson and mark mcguire
2: i did i did yeah. yes
0: <laughs> well i met randy johnson one time what was that like
2: well both both great great athletes uh yeah. great guys Ra- randy johnson uh grew up up here in livermore mm-hmm. uh, in the bay area and um you know he was i guess uh, a left-handed pitcher um quirky yeah. uh, f- uh funny uh you know great sense of humor a super talented guy and uh really at, at the time now it's at southern cal you know he was probably our third or fourth best pitcher i mean he he really he didn't have the control to be a really good pitcher and it yeah. wasn't until you know later when he developed the control and the mastery of a couple of pitches, where you know he became the Hall of Fame player that that, that he is.
0: Yeah. Did, did, do you ever look back? And people ask me this in my career. They always ask, "What you know? What, what's your you know biggest thing you ever did?" And I said, "I don't know. I haven't done it yet." You know. But when when you look at the choice between baseball and football and the choices you've had to make like that, did, is there any regrets?
2: No. No. Uh-huh. None. None. Yeah. Just, you know, really th- uh, thankfulness. You know, a great appreciation for, you know, the path. Um, you know, so many blessings in my life. Uh, so many wonderful experiences in my life. Um, you know, and, and no, I, I don't have any regrets. I I, I played. I played hard. Uh, I, uh, I I worked real hard at it. I was I was fortunate to catch a few breaks, and I made the most of it by working hard and catching those breaks and making the most of it. And you know to be able to play big time, you know baseball at Southern Cal and uh, be able to play you know big time football at Southern Cal and then go on and have an NFL career and then heck here I am 32 years later this year that I've been involved with the NFL playing and coaching, uh, tremendous honor.
0: That's fabulous. Well, let me take a quick break. I want to get to this quickly and then come back and I want to ask you about. It. Um, A lot of other things that I think are interesting. It it just opens up so many different areas for me here. I want to talk about, hey, America loves football, but you know what else America loves? They love Dunkin' Coffee. I know I do, especially in the morning. They sell 1.7 billion cups of coffee a year. And offer over fifteen thousand ways to just drink it. So all business runs on Duncan right here with Jeffrey Hazlett, and America runs on Duncan. Hey, uh, Coach, you 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 got to be a coffee drinker.
2: We drink a lot of coffee in our, in our profession. <laughs> yes, we do.
0: <laughs> you got to have that caffeine. I, hey, you know, you mentioned you know the years you played. Um, and I remember you. I remember you playing at the Vikings. I'm from South Dakota, so that's kind of the that's the home team there, mm-hmm. and. Um, I remember you had a knee injury back then. What, how, how, how's your health? You, you hear a lot about players today, and uh, how's your health?
2: All in all, I can't complain. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, I had uh, minor scopes on my knee, and um, I, I banged my shoulders a little bit, but really, you know, all in all, I can't complain. I'm, um, for the most part, I'm, I'm, I'm healthy and, and uh, still fairly fit, and, you know, I, like I said, I feel very fortunate.
0: Yeah. So one of the big things that I read about you, coach, was you're, you're a big fan of keep chopping wood mantra. So t- tell me how, how, that, how that come about and how you, how you've used that?
2: Well, that was something that, uh, that I used to motivate our squad back in Jacksonville. Uh, and this was some time ago. And, um, yeah, that's that's one that didn't end up with a real happy ending. So I'm kind of kind of surprised you're bringing that one up. But well, come on, uh, no,
0: you learned good things and bad things. I mean, you had a, you had a kicker who got himself hurt. I mean, that's just being stupid yeah. with the axe. But
2: yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was a great message. It was a, it was a great concept, yeah. uh, and 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 we and we had some fun with it until, uh, you know, those cook, those kickers are a little bit lonely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot of idle time, and they and they went a little bit too far, and yeah, and there and there was an accident, and of course, you know, then then a lot of people had a lot of great advice on what should or should not happen, and uh, so that was a lesson learned. But uh, yeah, let's talk about the yeah. idea. The idea,
0: well, the idea is yeah. Talk about the idea. Can I think the idea is great? I think the execution was great. You, you, look, yeah, you can't stop yeah. stupid, so that's never going to stop. So but, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. About,
2: bottom line is uh the idea was we had a team that that really had to learn how to compete and how to believe and how to keep coming and my and my mantra was let's let's just keep chopping you know keep your head down you know focus on the next on the next swing and let's just keep working at it and and we're going to be fine and um you know it was amazing how many people reached out and said and said to me thank you coach you know that that message meant so much to me you know i i, I kept going i kept my got my life turned around out of dust so uh you know th- there's some there's some real uh you know merit to you know not ever giving up and 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 continuing to grind and continuing to work at something you believe in
0: yeah and so then what happened Was i mean you you the, you put a big stump in the middle of the locker room right yeah, yeah. And with an axe stuck in it, right? It's kind of a, you know. Yeah. And then some guys started taking a chop at it one day and then screwed up, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, they they would they would take chops at it and then what happened was we had a backup tight end uh who actually came in with a sharpening device and started sharpening the blade unbeknownst to me and um and so this thing became one that could, like, you know, just cut, shed, shed paper uh, yeah. or, or slice paper. And so yeah. it was just way, way too sharp. And, uh, and then the kicker was lonely and, and bored and, yeah, took a whack and almost, uh, almost you know, hurt himself really bad. So anyway, bad. Yeah. bottom line is uh, that was uh, one, of, one of life's many lessons that, uh, that I learned. And, mm-hmm. uh, and here we are. Yeah, I
0: mean, but there's always good and bad with most things, so there's nothing wrong with that. And I think the, the 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 thought process behind it was right on target in terms of that's great. And you mentioned that a lot of people wrote into you. I assume non-players, so a lot of, well, I would assume fans. I would assume just people that you didn't even know. Are you right. surprised by the actions that you sometimes have or the consequences, let me say that, the consequences that you sometimes have on other people that you didn't know that you're going to have?
2: Well, it can be a um, it can be a little surprising to 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 have it you know become a worldwide event, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Uh, you know, with in particular nowadays with social media and such, you know, uh, something that occurs here in Alameda, California, instantaneously instantaneously goes around the world, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, I am I'm shocked with with uh, with the, the outreach with the number of people that are interested in what we're doing and uh, the number of people that will make efforts to reach out and communicate with you
0: yeah and, and, and but it's also got to be motivating though too I mean I find that and either what I say on television in terms of business somebody will come up or someone will bring something in the abstract line from my, one of my books and say this changed my life and it's like oh my god I can't believe that it, which, is, which is motivating quite frankly
2: yeah, for sure, for sure. Now there's, there's a it's a great platform and uh, and one that I do take seriously.
0: So you you've been involved with some really great turnarounds. So what's the key to to a good turnaround?
2: Oh, there's a there's a bunch. I think first, you know, taking on the taking on the challenge, understanding that uh, you know w- what's in front of you, and Ooh. and not not shying away from that. I think I think the biggest thing then is to create a vision. Of of where you want to go and how you're going to get there, and uh, you lay that vision out, and then you know there's got to be a transformation, right? There's something wrong, um, otherwise they they wouldn't need you. So you're getting this opportunity because there's something that needs to be transformed, and and so you work at you know confronting whatever issues there are, whatever things need to be worked through, and creating this great environment to work in. Um, I think I think unifying those that are that are that are a part of the, uh, of the organization. Uh, that's, you know, one of the things I did when I arrived here, I, I, I really sought to be a unifier. Um, it, it, it had become, you know, uh, scouting versus coaching versus ticketing. And then the building was really, uh, uh, disjointed. And, uh, so I think having that unified appro- approach and then, um, you know, setting high standards and being very clear with what those are, uh, what what those were, and what you're looking for, and what you know what those expectations were every day when you came to work, how we were going to do things. You know, uh, uh, honestly, one of the main things that I that I had to do when I got here to Oakland was was change that negative vibe that was out there. You know, there's just mm-hmm. a there was this negative connotation with. You know, first of all, I, I I was offered condolences when I got the job. I was like, geez, yes, yeah, sorry. You know, we're, I was like, what are you talking about, man? Yeah, that's
0: that's <laughs> got to make outcome. you feel. Yeah, that's got to make you feel good about walking to the office on Monday. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, so yeah, but uh, you know, making for us, you know, there's there's a slogan here: commitment to excellence. Uh, yeah. Bringing bringing that slogan to life. You know, really living that. Really, really making those words impactful, make, you know, bring the meaning back, you know, and, and we've done that. You know, everything that we touch, you know, we want to be excellent at. So, uh, you know, those are the types of things that we're talking about here. And I, I think the other part that I did and, and, and I think is huge, um, I approached this job more like a CEO, okay, mm-hmm. over the top, uh, connecting with different departments, um, having that vision, sharing that message, building relationships within the building, uh but again laying out those expectations these are all things that uh that are part of what what I wanted to do when I got here um you know making sure that we're all capable of checking our ego you know it, it's amazing how many people want to dig in when you you, know, you come somewhere new like this and uh you know you have things that you believe in that you want to get across and other people are used to doing things a certain way and they're going to hang on to their little space you know and they don't want to yep. they don't want to give up and so uh you know kind of creating that you know, building that trust, building those relationships, you know, checking your own ego from time to time, um, let, letting them know that's OK. And so, I, you know, we we did those things. And well,
0: you, um, you, you mentioned you yeah. mentioned, Coach, about like treating it like a CEO and having been in that seat before and, uh, be, you know, being at a big company, uh, billions of bucks and so forth. You know, it, 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 people think that you, you what you say is just going to go. And it's not always that way. I mean, how many times have you had to say to somebody, because I said so? You know, it, it, it's really more of a job of you, even as a CEO and you as a coach, you're coaching people through it. You're trying to lead them somewhere, not forcing them. I mean, that's how many right. times, yeah, is that, and I mean, that's got to be most of your job, right?
2: Yeah, and it's not, and it's never really because I said so. Um, right. yeah. I, I want them to understand the why, I want them yeah. to understand you know, the reasoning behind it and the fact that there is reasoning. And I actually encourage, um, in, the, in the brainstorming phase, I encourage all ideas. I, I want to hear your ideas uh, from the ground up type of thing. And, uh, and so we want to gather that information. And then once we make a decision, once we've had that input, and, and then once we make a decision, then it's because this is what we have agreed to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I, I think that's I think that's hugely important for us, you know. Um, yeah, the, the whole thing—it's you hear it a lot nowadays, but it's really too. It's a, it's about changing the culture. It's about you know the, the feel when you drive up, when you walk in the building, it, it should feel a certain way, and there there should be energy, there should be freshness, there should be light, there should be you know a, a good feel. And uh, we worked hard at the physical, the mental. Um, the psychological, you know, we've worked hard at all of that. You know, the, the way we eat, the way we train, uh, the way we talk to each other, uh, understanding the differences, understanding the millennial age, understanding, you know, uh, how how do we remain relevant? How do we uh, connect with our younger people? You know, uh, the idea is to. This is where we're all going. Well, how do we get there? Well, we get there together. You know, we're not we're yeah. not getting there. With, I'm not going to drag the team up the hill. You know, I'm, I I I need them to understand why. I think when you when you have, you know, the millennials, a lot a of, lot of people there, there myths out there. Hey, they lack loyalty. They think they know everything. You know, no, they they're yes. just they're not going to be blindly loyal. If once they understand the why, they're going to give you every every bit of effort that anybody any other generation would. You know, but they they want to know the why. They're 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 thinkers, right? So. So give them. I
0: like that. I like. I spot on. Spot on. I I always tell everybody I'm a millennial, you know, just in a different body. But you know, in terms of how I adapt and do, so I think most people are that way. I think people are people. You know, I love the. I love your comment about the culture, and I I use the. I think you actually use the word I always like to use, and that's mood. Change the mood, you can do anything. And and it's a big part. I think sometimes when you step into an organization, I mean, I've been watching your hashtag. It's return to greatness. Right. And on the social side. And I just think it's great. You know, you've got some, you got, look, I mean, you stepped in some big ass shoes. I mean, you look at this. I mean, you've you got some legacy. Uh, I had a buddy of mine who was on a plane yesterday and flew with Jim, uh, Jim Plunkett. You got, you know, an uh, old South Dakota guy like Lyle Azado used to play for the Raiders. You got Kenny Stabler, you know, the Snake. You got all these legacies. What's it like to walk into the halls of those kinds of legacies?
2: It is incredibly inspiring for me. You yeah. have to remember, I grew up I grew well, Matt, up and don't ten, forget
0: madden. I mean I, shit. I, I madden. I, I, right? No doubt.
2: no doubt. <laughs> oh my God, all all, I all forgot the greats. And so yeah. and so here, here's, here's, here's what happens. A lot of guys when they when they have come here to coach, it's been almost like a pain in the rear to have mm-hmm. to recognize all of the Raider greats. And 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 what they had accomplished. And it can be overbearing, okay, if you look at it the wrong way. Sure. sure. It's like uh yeah, yeah, that was then. Hey, I'm my own guy. Okay, that's great. But I embrace it. I I, I because I love it. I mean it's 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 who I am. It's it's the era I grew up in. I mean, the, the the Raiders, you know, being a physical, you know, dominant team, and John Madden and Kenny Stabler, you know, standing on the sidelines talking about strategy, and Kenny going out and leading them down for a late win, and you know, you know, all the different things that I got to see as a young man growing up watching the Raiders, the physical mm-hmm. toughness that they brought, yeah. um, and, and the winning. I mean, it was a, it was a winning culture, and uh, and so for me. Like, one of the things I've done, I've had, I have I have our rookies, I make them do a presentation in front of the whole team about a position, uh, a player that played the position they play. And so, oh, cool. I'm, in, yeah, I'm embracing the legacy. I want to talk about the excellence that, that was here, that, that we represent, and, uh, and, and, and that those guys are watching. Those guys are watching, and those and the fans are used to that. That's what they expect, and that, hey, that's what I expect. So, yeah, we're we're embracing that whole thing. So I think it it you turn it and it, it changes becomes you you know you're now a part of that, and you're gonna yeah. you're gonna have your place in history. What do you want it to look like? How much are you willing to sacrifice to to make your place in history be something special? I know for me. I've got two coaches prominently displayed in my in my office. In fact, I'm looking at them right now. I've got Who's John that? Madden, I've got yeah. John Madden and I've got Tom Flores, and they're both uh. they're both displayed in my office yeah. because they're the two coaches that brought Super Bowls to this franchise. And that's what, I'm, that's what I'm about. I want to bring a championship home to the Oakland Raiders. That, and that's where I am, the here and now, and, uh, and really looking forward to that. And I, I respect those two men and, and what they did. And so I look at these guys every day in my office.
0: It's cool. It's getting in touch with your DNA. I mean, that's it's injecting DNA into the culture of the people that you're there. All right. I want to come back because I got to take a quick break. You did a couple of things here recently that I want to jump in on and ask you about. So it's great to have the good folks from Liberty Tax on board. All Business Liberty is the fastest growing retail tax prep firm with over 4000 offices across North America. It's a great seasonal franchise opportunity, too. In fact, I'm thinking Liberty Tax is a lot like the Oakland Raiders, man. They've kind of got that grit. I mean, started by John. John started this thing. He's been at three different tax groups. He's made millions and millions, and then he went back and started a brand new franchise to make it the greatest franchise again and he's doing a great job so if you're looking for tax prep services hey uh, don't forget liberty Uh, i love guys out there that are they got the waivers you ever see those coaches those guys that are out there on the street waving i just love stuff like that yeah so let me ask you a question you when you you got your coaching career you started with ditka
2: i started with with iron mike ditka in new orleans i actually started with a verbal agreement and a handshake with Iron Mike, that, that's kill. how I started. That's okay. the way
0: shit should be done, right there. I love. That.
2: I mean, I mean, old he school. gave me he old school to the max. He gave me a handshake and an agreement, and he would pay me what he could, and uh, end up being less than I was paying for one of my child's tuition at uh, at a high school, a private high school. Mm-hmm. But but I was honored to be there. It was awesome. I started as an assistant in the strength. OK, they didn't yeah. even have those things back then. We have four of them now. Yeah. Back in those days, they didn't have anybody. So I, I, he actually created a position, brought me on. Uh, six years later, I found myself interviewing for the head job for the Jacksonville Jaguars and got it. And, uh, and, and, and haven't looked back.
0: Which is fabulous. Now, I, I, I got to ask you, could I, I went through and I want to ask you about this because you went from a head coach and then you went to the Broncos and you were then the defensive coordinator. And then you went back to the head coach again. What was that like to make that transition? And what did you, how did you feel? Did you feel like that was stepping down, stepping up, stepping across? What?
2: Well, I thought uh, it was a great opportunity to get back with my good buddy, John Fox. Mm-hmm. And um, we went, went to Denver with him and, um, yeah, took 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 over the defense. Uh, they were, you know, at the bottom of the league, twenty four, twenty five in the league, and and we took them right up to the top. We we're number one or number two in most categories, uh, and and really, it was a breath of fresh air, you know, to kind of step back from the duties of being a head coach, uh, get 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 just get back into just coaching the X's and O's, and uh, and and be able to sit back and watch another organization operate and. And, and make my checklist of good and bad, things I liked, things I didn't like, and how I would do things. I'd just begin to kind of think about how I would shape the next opportunity. There was no doubt in my mind. I was going to get an opportunity to lead another football team. It was just a matter of where was it going to be and what were the circumstances and what would I be looking for. And so I kind of, I kind of made notes and, 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 th- and was thoughtful for those three years and then mm-hmm. got, this, got this opportunity here. And, and that's why I say I, I took one of the things that I, I never really uh, expanded on it, but uh, that, that CEO-type approach, part of that is my first time as a head coach I went in. I was a defensive guy, so I went in and I jumped in on the defense, and I just was—I was a defensive guy mm-hmm. that uh, managed the managed the game on game day. But you know, during the week, I wasn't really a CEO. I mean, I, I really—I really fashioned myself now as CEO, uh, where I'm touching you know all different facets of the organization and um, and leading. You know, all different areas of the organization as opposed to just coaching the defense. You know, I, I spend most more time in all three phases, special teams and offense, uh, along with defense. I also spend more time thinking about the messaging that's going to go out, the consistency of the message with my, with my team, uh, my preparation for when I'm going to go before the media, uh, you know, all, all those things, just, just being a CEO, you know, did, being, it, did
0: it, did it take you the seasoning of all that experience to finally realize that's what you needed to do?
2: Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and amazingly when I got here, uh, I didn't jump in with the defense and, uh, you know, I'm like, no, I mean, look, these guys got to go. I mean, I, I mean, I always am going to be a little bit involved in everything, but but I was more concerned with creating this culture here and changing this environment here. There were so many things that had to change, uh, you know, just things like the building and the freshening of the building, the meeting rooms and mm-hmm. and the performance center that we have now, this new weight room uh and, and, and how we're going to travel and how we're going to feed our guys and just all the different operational uh, aspects that really needed to be freshened up and, and updated. So, you know, we've worked hard in all those different areas, and that's why all those little pieces kind of adding together have added up into, you know, us playing good football and having, having a chance to become a championship team again.
0: Well, you did something here recently. We just got through with the draft over the weekend. Uh, while we're taping this, you're sitting over in Oakland. I'm sitting in San Francisco. Um, we just obviously couldn't get together, but this is great that we're talking like this. But you you pulled you pulled something out of the back pocket. You pulled in Marshawn Lynch. You pulled uh-huh. him out of retirement, man. Yeah, that we did, did. No one saw that coming.
2: Well, you know, it's it's honestly, uh, I I've never been around a young man more excited to be joining a football team than what I what I watched I mean he came in it's more than a kid at christmas I mean it was this guy comes in he's he puts on a helmet he he actually he actually shed a tear I mean it, it means so much to him he's so fired up to be Playing for the Oakland Raiders, where he grew up and watched and all that as a kid, and uh, you know, I, I met with him prior to us making this decision, and I, I saw the sincerity and his true desire to come come be a part of us, and 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 why, and listen to the why, and and uh, man, it was. I told him, I said, I'm jealous because when I was finishing my career, I really wanted to get back and play for the Raiders too, and I didn't get that chance. I said, I, I want to give you that opportunity.
0: Who so, whose um, whose idea was it? Where did it come from? Came so from you. Him. So he called up and said, hey, he, did he call you or did he call somebody or an agent or what? Uh, how how's that, how's that come about?
2: Yeah, I, you know, I...
0: <laughs> it's complicated, I, I'm sure. I,
2: I, yeah. I honestly don't know how it got started, but I know that it came from him. Yeah. It came from him and he was, he was working, because he told me the story when he was here and he he was working out with a couple of his buddies he was just kind of having fun and he realized how good his body felt and... He, he kind of was f- reflecting on the opportunity and he knows what kind of team we're putting together here. And he knows that, you know, Latavius had left. And he, he, all of a sudden, all these kind of factors are adding up. And he's like, man, that, that could be a really good situation. I'm pretty excited about maybe seeing if there'd be that opportunity. And here we are, worked out.
0: Okay, so you're sitting at your desk and somebody walked in and, and, and probably said across from your desk, I'm assuming this is what happened, or tell me what happened, and said, hey, I got, we got an idea. We got a call from Marsha. He wants to come play. Did somebody say it like that? Is that how it, it was it in a meeting? Was it in some kind of review? I, I'm kind of curious how that comes about.
2: Well, it, it comes about, um, you know, you, you, first of all, you start, you start kind of catching wind of it, you know, different mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, there was a, a, a person that came down. It was, his name was Reggie McKenzie. And he came down and said, you know, um. Um you know, th- I've been hearing this, you know. Who's, and-
0: who's Reggie? I don't know who Reggie is. Yeah,
2: Reggie. <laughs> yeah right. Hey, our general manager. Yeah, I uh, think okay. you know no, who Reggie is. Hey, No, i, you know, I got to be honest uh, with you, Jack. Uh, I'm, look, okay. I'm a business guy.
0: I'm not a sports guy. So I'm like, no, I'm really asking you a question. That's okay. how naive I am. I thought, there we go.
2: I thought you were, I thought you were messing with me. Okay. No, I'm Reggie. not pulling
0: your leg. I'm, I'm being not, I'm being like up, straight up front. Now, you asked me who's the CEO of so-and-so. I'll tell you that, man. <laughs> All right.
2: I got gotcha. you. Well, Fair Reggie enough. McKenzie is our general yeah. manager here. He Look came cool. down and, and said, This is this is uh this is kind of bubbling up out there. You know, what do you think? And I said, Well I said, first of all, let's just slow down and let's make sure we go through the process. Let's make yeah. sure we let's make sure we you know look into his health let's make sure we bring him in for a physical let's make sure we talk about his true motivation let's let's see where his body is where his weight is all these different factors let's talk to pete and 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 schneider up there in seattle and, and make sure this is something we want to do let's talk to kenny norton who was on the he was he was on the seattle staff and has a good oh, yeah. relationship with Mark Sean. so let's talk mm-hmm. with kenny and so you know we went through the due diligence i mean there's a certain amount of work that has to be done and and so we went in and we did that and we came back, came back together, circled up and we're like, OK, well, let's let's see if we can get this done.
0: That's cool. That's cool. And, the, and I love the idea of, all right, hey, let's just don't get caught up in the idea before we get too excited, before we get ahead of ourselves. Let's check it. I was talking to Stephen Graham the other day. Check yourself before you wreck yourself kind of thing. That's a good, good, good rule to use. <laughs> Right. Um uh, hey, hey, don't tell Reggie I didn't know who he was okay don't'll don't do we'll, we'll right. we'll leave that between us no I'm sure you're going to give him crap now that's good that's good. hey, let me ask you quick we'll wrap up here in the next couple of minutes, but i want I'd it. be a big mistake if I didn't ask you about the change that's going to come up in two thousand and eighteen and what do you you know what what's going through your head as you guys start to move to las Vegas
2: yeah my everything I'm about is um I addressed it one time with my team. Uh, there may be one more time when we get all the rookies and everybody else where I can have the full team t- in front of me, and I will tell them, hey, we are here in Oakland this year, and this yeah. is a this is a week-to-week league, and, and definitely never more than a year-to-year league. About 30% of each team changes over each year, so let's is it, not worry. Is it, 30,
0: is it 30%? Yeah. Is that the yes. turnover? Yeah, it, okay. it
2: is, yeah. We actually have 14 guys that are still with us that were with us uh, when I got here uh, mm-hmm. three years ago. So that's all it is. 14 left. So, uh, the bottom, the bottom line is it's a, it's a small number of guys that are actually going to go to LA uh, Las Vegas in the first place. So don't worry about it. Just think about where we are right now, because what that ends up being is a gigantic distraction. If we let it be. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, coaches, uh, we don't like distractions. And so for, for me, um, and honestly, I grew up, like I said, you know, 12 miles from here, uh, in Hayward, 10, 12 miles from here in Hayward, and and I want to do this 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 area proud. I want to do the Raider nation here in Oakland. I want to do them proud and, and I want to bring home a championship and that's what we're going to be about.
0: Well I wish you the very best of luck. There's no doubt that you're on the right path. And um it's just it's a it's motivating to talk to you. So I thank you for joining us here on All Business today.
1: You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, at the end of every show, I like to talk about what I learned, and I really enjoyed
0: it. I enjoy every doggone guest, as you can tell from just the way I talk. There's maybe one or two sometimes, but this was a good one. I always get motivated when I talk to coaches and get their insight. You know what what I learned the most on this show was about injecting your DNA, to, to really dig in and talk about who you are and never to forget your legacy. I mean, I talked about some of the greatest players. I mean, John Madden, the coach. I mean, oh, you talk about a football player's coach. That's John Madden. Lyle Alzado, man. He, he's from, he played in South Dakota. I mean, how, how close could I get? But these, this is kind of a gritty team, and he talks about how to honor that. Don't forget the people that got you to the dance, and I think that's the great lesson that we learned this week right here on All Business with Jeffrey Hazel. Don't forget, we're on C-Suite Radio. You find us on iTunes. Tell your friends to listen in. And become fans of the show We'd certainly love to have you not only be fans But friends
1: of all business with Jeffrey Hazel Welcome to C-Suite Radio A podcast network featuring today's top business experts And is part of the C-Suite Network The world's most trusted network of C-Suite executives Find this and other business podcasts on c-suiteradio.com